welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 5th, and damn, it feels good to be back. He's back. Joined alongside the full crew. We're here, boys. Oh, Connor Holskamp. Hello, hello. You are the captain again. Great job last week, oh, Connor. Thank you. Hey. I know you, you You text me after the show. You said, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't like that side of it. You did great. I thought you were awesome. I, I really oh. enjoyed the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I thought you did great, Connor. I mean... You are the captain. Now. Yeah, no. Well, you hey, were the I'm captain. The then. captain back to Jared. <laughs> We're gonna dish no, it off. No, I think I think it, the and, and, and by guy, the way, that was right? the voice of the the smooth, silky voice of oh, Nick wow. Sopras, producer for the Thank show. You. Thank you. There is no voice alteration there either. That is his <laughs> natural, amazing, suave voice there. What is that? But, do we have any voice alteration on me? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what the capabilities back there. Okay. I have no idea what he does back yeah, there. Yeah, he is what he is. All right. Yeah. So no, Connor, I think you need to keep the captain hat because I thought a better title for me would be Commodore. I thought I might Ooh, be Commodore. Commodore. I want a whole fleet of shows, okay? Wow. That's good. I like that. I like so the title. Well, hey, on, whatever it on. is, glad to have you back. <laughs> glad to have the gang back. Nick's not traveling on us. Jerry's not missing his one show I know. he's ever did we? Did anyone leave the Western Hemisphere or no, the... No, uh, no. Northern, is it? What I, I'm so bad. I'm literally forgetting geography. What How about this? Called? Colorado. North, the Northwest Sector. What is that called? Isn't that like a specific term? The Northern Hemisphere and the Western Hemisphere. Don't you like call that something? Like where Colorado is? Yeah, like where the United States is. Like, ah. did anyone leave the state, the uh, North America? Did you leave? No, North I did not. Thank God. No. I'm so traveled out. Yeah, what travel? See, I don't travel enough to get traveled out. Yeah. I've been waiting on this trip for two years, so that's why I was stoked for it. I was supposed to go to Europe a couple years ago. We won't get there. There's this weird thing that happened in the world. Don't need to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, finally, made this trip happen though, so it's good to get away. I enjoyed listening to you guys, and uh, luckily, I didn't really miss any uh, Broncos action. So that what, was good. What was the best thing you ate in Mexico? Followed by the worst thing you ate in Mexico. Okay, so it was a little it, it, it's not really mexican related where i was at was at a resort they had some fine dining restaurants and stuff which they typically like veer away from traditional mexican stuff so um i i had a a, a duck it was a asian place i had a duck meal that oh, was wow. delicious i've never had duck before so i'm gonna go Ooh. that was the best thing there uh the worst thing was uh the the uh room service uh really uh, fettuccine alfredo how do you screw up fettuccine alfredo Gotta, and it was terrible. Got to drink more so it tastes inedible, better. inedible. Yeah. And exactly, I just went with the liquid diet that <laughs> night. It did not turn out well. Now, when you ordered the duck and they brought it to your table, did you start chanting "quack"? Quack. I didn't feel as appropriate. Quack. This is a restaurant oh. that requires you to wear a collar and pants. I didn't feel like that. You, you, you know what Mexico reminds me of real quick? I know I want to get into some actual sports, but this is a gold story for you. So last time I went to Mexico with a, a whole bunch of our buddies, right? We, we all go to Mexico and we're at this relatively nice place, you know, a relatively nice type sit down. It's on a resort. Like you said, yeah. it's a nice it, like environment, right? And we are just being way too obnoxiously loud. I mean, like there's probably like 15, 18 of us. Oh, geez. And yeah, we're just being just super obnoxious, right? And we're all eating. I mean, everyone's just staring at us, right? And one of our friends is eating this big piece of steak. 
and all of a sudden he goes like like you can't see my face right now for our listeners but like he his eyes start bulging he puts his hands like out by his throat like the universal choke symbol right oh, no. he couldn't even make a noise i mean he was actually choking right <laughs> it was bad and so we all was like oh no what joe oh you know, oh, i just dropped his names sorry Uh-oh. there shout out for Uh-oh. you uh <laughs> stage name joe <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so so this guy comes up uh, of our of our buddies and starts like trying to like do the heimlich right and like he's like hitting him on the back and like trying to do all this stuff not working one guy saves the day comes in he he used to be a lifeguard i guess so he had some like training saves the day comes in like does the full-on heimlich and boom 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 and out it falls like this this like three inch piece of meat that he had tried to swallow okay. two lessons here. he was hungry two yeah. lessons uh Chew your food. Smaller bites are good. That's yeah. that's good for you. Three inch bites. This is this is too much. The throat can't handle that. <laughs> also, apparently, we should learn how to do the Heimlich because yes. I saw enough movies that I thought it was just <laughs> right, an easy right. thing. We thought it was just you like just... here, but like it, it wasn't. And and so then it happens. And the first thing the guy does after after he is saved, just two arms in the air. Yes. Yes, thank you. And, this and was, everybody in the whole restaurant is just staring. No one even claps. Like you think in a moment like that, yeah. like people are gonna like clap. And this is where no. the manager comes and promptly asks. Yeah, it's correct. <laughs> Anyways, neither here nor there. It was uh, great times. Good, good times in Mexico. Well, I was a little more responsible than you, Connor. I did not get asked to leave any that's restaurant. Good. That's so good. That's, that's good. That's good. But hey, happy to be back. Glad we got the whole gang back together. And uh, well, guys, uh, not so happy with the way the Broncos game went. Okay, uh, that was a little rough. bit rough. Uh, I want to just kind of open floor. I want your guys' take. What? It, how do you feel coming away from this game, both about that game, but like? The Broncos in general, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, you know, it was a uh, rough game, like you said. Uh, the Broncos are still 3-1. and one. I'm not going to overreact from this game, just like I wasn't going to overreact at this 3-0 and start, right? So, generally speaking, I mean, from a high-level perspective, it's not what you like to see. <laughs> the, the offense was absolutely brutal. They, uh, I mean, hey, you, you can say you know, Teddy or Drew or whatever you want. I mean, here's the bottom line. Neither quarterback was able to get this offense moving outside of one touchdown drive, right? Um, and, you know, hey, the one positive, one of the positives I will take away, Javante Williams on that run was incredible. That was amazing when he just gives the guy an Uber lift for 18 yards. Yeah, that you know? was... I mean, uh, they talked about, they kept bringing up on the broadcast all the missed tackles. I'm like, screw the missed tackles. The guy that made the tackle should be the most embarrassed because he just got right. dragged for 20 yards yeah, it, before he finally literally, took it Literally, it was down. 18 yards. It was nuts. So, you know, I thought that was great. Uh, I was disappointed that the, the Broncos did not stick with the run. I know that you're behind, but, you know, at a certain point, they kind of went out to... You know, they went away from their power personnel, especially when Drew Locke came in the second half. They they came out with, you know, a lot of uh, 13 personnel, three wide type type personnel. And they got away from like the only thing that was working, relatively speaking. Right. And I, I wasn't a fan of that. And, and I know a lot has been made in the media about that. But there was four rushes in the second half compared to I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was 20 something. Uh, uh, 21 pass 21 pass plays. There you go. So. I didn't like that. The offensive line looked awful. 
Yeah, is that, awful. is that the interior be, being so beat up? For those who didn't know or, or didn't catch it, both starting guards for the Broncos were out in this game, so you had two backup guards. But is that is that what's to blame, or are we a little what? concerned on what's going on outside of that? I mean, I'm thinking I, I, that can't help. It sure. definitely it definitely can't help. It's not a good. We need to get healthy. The 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 offensive line needs to be healthy in order to perform it at the level that you would hope it could. But I think it's a little more than that. I think the the Raiders were bringing. I think the announcer actually had mentioned it, but they they were doing a lot at the line where they were they were loading up one side of the line and then sometimes they'd bring the rush from that side and then sometimes they would bring the rush with like a safety off the other edge or whatever so i mean hey the, the baltimore ravens are the number one rushing uh bl- rushing the passer team in the nfl they rush the passer more than any other team and i just don't think the the broncos offensive line was up to that challenge so i think that hurt uh, obviously teddy bridgewater going down was not a good thing you never want your starting i mean i don't even care who you like or who you are, you never want your starting quarterback that prepared for that game against the scout team to come out of the game. I think it's underrated how hard it is to go yeah, into a game as uh, a backup quarterback. Uh, absolutely. And then, you know, then Drew Locke came in, didn't look great either. I mean, looked pretty bad. The, the offense just, it was bad. And then, I'm not done with my gripes yet here, uh-oh, Jared. Uh-oh, I know. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> you go to the defense. Be ready with that mute, mute yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No mutes. <laughs> no mutes. Hey, we're going all day, baby. Uh, so you go to the defensive side of the football. Now, obviously, what the Broncos did was they tried to stack the box pretty much the majority of the – I mean, actually, hey, it honestly, might be though, every play of the I, game. I'm not going to sit here, and, and I'll let you finish there, but I'm not going to sit here and knock the Broncos' defensive strategic approach. When you're playing Lamar Jackson, that's what you do. You shut down the run. You don't let him beat you as a runner. You make him uh, beat you as a passer, and he had a great game. And I've been critical of Lamar in the past – he had a, ba- a really good yeah, game. He did. He threw for... Oh, oh, really? You know, I'd argue he had a bad game. Uh, I was at the game, and I think he missed at least five or six wide-open throws. I mean, he, he played pretty poor. In the sense of a passer, I feel like the Broncos are lucky that they didn't get blown out just like the Bills blew out 40-0. I, I think... D was bad. Patrick Sertan looked like a rookie. Absolutely no pressure um, at all on the offense. And and if there's one thing we know, it's that Drew Locke is not the guy. Well, yes. And I want to get to there in a second. I, I just want to wrap up what I was saying yep. really quick about the defense. That That is uh, – it's interesting you say that, Nick, because it was – so for, for all this, you said not a great game, right? It was only the second time in Lamar Jackson's entire career that he has thrown for 300 yards or more. He uh, could have had 400 yards yeah, yeah, okay. easily. All right. Hey, that's fair enough. That's, and, and I think a lot of times that's where people get so caught up in the stats with whoever. It's not just Lamar Jackson. It's anyway. Oh, 300 yards. But it was on 37 pass attempts. And I don't have a calculator in front of me, but 22 out of 37. I mean, it's not the greatest completion percentage there. Uh, took three sacks. I mean, there are other factors within there and missing open targets, things like that. So I think it's so easy to get caught up in the stats when maybe that could have been 400 yards. Could could that have been a 70%, 80% completion percentage? Maybe, maybe, but I, I still... I find it hard to say that a guy who had the second highest yardage total of his entire career, and this is an MVP we're talking about, right? I mean, this isn't just like... Sure. So, I mean, he's been in the league and... We're talking the second most yardage total in his entire career. So while I understand your point, Nick, about it could have been 400, I mean, I still have a hard time calling it a bad game when the guy put up 
the second best passing I didn't, day. I he's didn't ever say had. I didn't say it was a bad game. I think that's more reflective of how poorly the Broncos played. Okay. I think that people get so excited when they play well, and the hype was up. We were three and zero. It's nice to come back to earth a little bit. Uh, but again, just kind of having been at the game, I mean, he had. This is my actual frustration with watching sports from home is they don't, especially football, they don't zoom the camera out far enough. You should be able to see the wide receivers run their routes and you should be able to see more than just the line, the quarterback, and then the tailback. I I have a huge problem with that because if you're at the game, it's a totally different experience. Sure. I'm telling you, he, Lamar Jack, I mean, we should have lost by three more touchdowns. Well. All right. Well, be that as it may, be that as it may, I actually, to to Jared's point, am not going to blame the defense too much in this. Okay, so so there's a couple things about the defense, right? Yikes. I mean, I think, I, hey, at the end of the day, you give up 23 points. At the end of the day, that's enough to win, and this is a really good offense in the NFL. You almost held, and I know we'll get to this later. Oh, that's on there. You the were you were on the the precipice of stopping a NFL record forty two games in a row streak of a hundred yards rushing. So, to get just to, to bring my point full circle here, you obviously were the, the, you were stacking the box. You were bringing up eight guys and stacking the box, and what you were doing was. Almost, I mean, almost every play I watched, one of the safeties was coming up, and then you end up with one a single high coverage with a, with a safety back there, and that puts a lot of pressure. I will I will say it puts a lot of pressure on on a safety, uh, and, and really your whole secondary to make sure that you're you're locking down coverage, but it just didn't cut it. And so, I think overall it's hard to look at this defense, the the performance on Sunday, and say that was a bad defensive performance. But there were certainly some very bad moments. There were certainly some very, very bad moments. Uh, Patrick Sertan looked horrible. Pat Sertan got exposed a little bit. I think the entire Broncos defense ability to guard a big, physical, athletic tight end like Mark Andrews was exposed a little bit. Which I've brought this up before on the show, but like my entire life, I've been a Broncos fan since I was eight years old. I can never remember a period of time where the Broncos could cover a tight end. Like this is going on like thirty years almost that this has been a problem. How has this not been addressed? It, it drives me insane. And I know that's so easy, just like figure out how to do it. But like, come on! And 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 you you have a more athletic linebacking core in there right now with uh, Justin Stranad being in there as a starter. You have guys like Hayden Stearns that's playing really really well. I mean, you got to figure something out, man. I mean, hey, they. You know, they threw Caden Stearns on Mark Andrews. They 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 gave him some zone looks, obviously, a lot of zone looks. But they threw Caden Stearns on him. They they threw Justin Simmons on him. They even threw Pat Sertan on him. And none of the above was able to stop this man. Uh, I want to just point out one, one thing that has seemed to follow every game this season, okay? And it, it when you win in the way the Broncos won, it kind of covers up some things, right? I mean, winning solves everything, they say, right? But Justin Simmons has not been playing good football. He has not. He has not looked good this entire year. This is not just the Baltimore game, right? I mean, the Baltimore game, yes, he, there was a miscommunication. I, you know, Without being on the team or knowing the exact scheme, it's hard to tell whose fault that particular one was. But there was an instance where Justin Simmons and, and uh, I think it was Callaway, possibly, they didn't communicate properly and they, you know, there was that really long touchdown, a yep. 50 yard bomb. And then there was another one that was just really bad where the guy was wide open on a third and long on a slant running across the field in the fourth quarter. So those are the obvious ones that just like, well, what's going on? But, 
but Justin Simmons is not is not seeming to play great football. And so I uh, asked Tyler to you know the Tyler Walgie who comes on this show every once in a he, while. He will be on a little bit later. We're going to talk some abs. We're going to bring him in as our, our hockey expert. So I asked him to pull a number for me before the show. I asked him to pull the Pro Football Focus grade for Justin Simmons because I was curious. I was like, my eye is are telling me that Justin Simmons is not playing good football. And sometimes that can be deceiving. As a fan, it, it can you, be. you don't, like you said, you don't understand a lot of sometimes what's going on, but these guys are pro football focused. This is what they do for a living. Right. So, I mean, it's clearly better than just my eye test, right? And so I asked them to check it out. And as it turns out, out of 69 safeties in the NFL, Justin Simmons is grading out as the 66th out of 69 safeties. Not good. It's not good. You're it's a quarter not- of the way through the season. It's it's not Tough. it's not acceptable. You you paid this man, and you know it's easy here armchair quarterback to sit here and criticize. But at the same time, I mean, hey, you got paid a lot of money. You got paid top three money at your position. You better not be bottom three. In now terms of I do want to be careful because I have seen some things on social media. Caden Stearns, on the other hand, who's the the rookie safety that the Broncos drafted out of Texas, I believe. Doesn't really matter. He's a Bronco now. He's playing very well and not getting on the field a ton. And now I've seen people going, oh, you got to get Caden Stearns there. Get get Justin Simmons on the field. Whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. I don't want to go there. Justin Simmons was paid and made, I think, the second highest paid safety in the league for a reason. He has played very well early in his career. I don't believe that player just went away. I think he's got to get some things worked out. I think maybe there's some situations where you need to get a third safety on the field or put Justin Simmons in a different position than he has been in. But to to call for him to come off the field, I think is very premature. And I think that is something a, a fan without the perspective of what's going on on the field. It's easy to say that, but I think that's a mistake to pull him out. Uh, yeah, I think it is premature. I think more than anything, you get a player like Justin Simmons, who, like you said, has proven over an extended period of time that he is a very good safety in this league, right? So to me, the onus falls on the coaches. I, I mean, hey, without without knowing the very specific details, I mean, for all we know, maybe Justin Simmons is having some real personal sh- issues going on going on right now i mean for all we know right sure. i mean there's a lot behind the scenes that we are not privy to as, as fans or as or even as you know analysts and even reporters i mean they're not privy to everything right and so i think without knowing more details the onus has to fall first and foremost on the coaching staff and and that and that falls on vic fangio that that uh, falls on donatel they need to find a way to get him in the right position to to succeed but let's also (laughs) admit here you can't play 66 out of 69th safety forever and expect to not get benched at some point yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying get some extra snaps to caden stearns that's a good idea but to to the idea of benching him at this moment i think is way i think so just relax and remember we're barely at 25 percent of the way through the season and and here's the other thing just on that note in general why is everyone acting like they, the Broncos' season just kind of like fell off the map because they, they got blown out in this game? I because mean, last they, week we were winning the Super Bowl. Right. What do you mean? This is this was a blowout. Don't don't yeah, let course. the score that was close. I mean, this was a, a 10-point game going into the fourth quarter. So don't let that fool you. This was a blowout. The Broncos never were in this game. But hey, guess what? 
the Ravens are a top 10, arguably top 5 team in the NFL. This is what was supposed to happen. We all came into this season having the Broncos, and I don't remember all the score, or all the, the, the season predictions off the top of my head, but I think we were all in that like 9 to 11 win range, which means you're losing five, six, seven games. Well, these are the types of games that you lose to the best teams. I, I'm okay with this. This loss, the fact that you almost kept, uh, arguably should have kept the, the Ravens under 100 yards, that's very impressive. Now, the offense looked like shit. And that is something that does concern <laughs> me. So Whether that was Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke in there, everyone wants to point the finger at Drew Locke. Drew Locke's not the reason they lost this game. Oh, absolutely not. But um, I think I think the reality of the situation is their preseason is completely limited with the new bargaining agreement. These guys hardly have pads on. They essentially are playing in shorts the entire offseason. Let's just, again, let's just, there was three preseason games, you know, Week eight, week nine, let's reconvene, see what the actual deal is. It's way too early. I mean, look yeah. at a team like the Chiefs, right? I think they started out two and two. They very easily could have. I mean, they've they've not looked good, honestly, in a, in a lot of their games. Now, they look better this week, but they've not looked great. Do you think that they're concerned about that? Do you think they're hitting the, the panic the button Chiefs, at two and two? In my opinion, I, I, I disagree with you, though, Jared. I actually think the Chiefs have looked fine in their losses. They haven't looked like that. I mean, they have not looked bad in their losses. They've had a couple big plays that were made, a couple bad penalties, but they've played good teams. Sure. And that's I mean, a big part of it, too. Teams. The Broncos, in their first three games, played arguably the three worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I still think even with how the Chiefs were playing at one and two, I still think even if you yeah. if you came down from a different planet that somehow had football on the different planet, but you didn't know anything about like any of our teams, you would come down, watch the game, and be like, oh, that's a good team. They just lost a couple games. So I think while I get your point and yours, Nick, it is too early to full on panic, right? I mean, I'm not going to, hey, we're, the Broncos are three, three and one. one. I'll you take it. You feel great about that. If I you will go three and, and one in every quarter of the and season. And a great chance to go four and one. Let's I'll, just remember that. I will take it. Okay, so don't get me wrong. I will take that. And it, I'm not going to full on press the panic button, okay? But with that said, I understand why people are freaking out. I understand, and I, I sympathize I with it. And no, you know, let me, you, let me no, explain. we don't. No, you okay, don't. So after, so after three years of, of watching just awful football, and, and, and what has it been specifically? What has happened in offense. the last three the years? Offense the offense can't move the football. Yep. When you get back and you see the same things, it's kind of like I've used this analogy before, right? But it's kind of the whole whipped dog mentality, right? With you know, it wasn't like, hey, we, we've been whipped so many times before, and now our owner just so brought then, out the whip. So we're cowering. We're putting our tail between our legs. I don't think that's the right – I don't think it's the correct approach to to uh, taking away from this game. But I'm just saying I understand it. It was the whoa. same types of issues that plagued the Broncos for three years to a top draft pick. If we're going to have these concerns and freakouts when they lose, then we need to calm down when they go 3-0. and Yeah, I remember us specifically talking about how great – they looked two weeks ago. So if we're going to have this attitude when they get crushed, we need to make sure, especially on this show, to relax when they look good in a 26-0 against the worst starting quarterback in the well, league. Well, and again, I, I agree with the point that we shouldn't be freaking out of this. I mean, that, that, that I agree with that. I'm just saying I understand the viewpoint. You're too understanding. People. I don't I understand. Do. Yeah, that's a lot of understanding. I, I, for, I, I think in my mind, I get they, are, I they are who we thought they were. And that, them being the Broncos, this is what we knew in going addition, here. In Quick get caught up in the moment. In, in addition, we had 
possibly one of the worst backups come in in the second half. So how can we truly evaluate how good or bad they looked when we start? We had a good drive, stalled a little bit. There was some horrible coaching with about a minute left. The Broncos were at the 10-yard line at their own 10-yard line and threw three straight passes incomplete where you punted it where the leg god, Justin Tucker, had a 40-yard field goal oh to go up god. two scores. Like, what, how horrible of coaching is that? So instead of 7-14, to 14, it's now 7-17 going into half. And like, that was horrible. an issue for that's me horrible. in the entire second half. And, and you mentioned Drew Locke. He didn't look good. And I, I think it's official, at least for the three of us. I, I, can't, I won't speak for either of you guys, but I'll suggest, like, I think we've seen all that we need to see. The, the idea, the joke that this was an even competition is camp, it, it tells you the... the the BS that comes out of these camps, right? Well, he, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like a professional quarterback. That being said, when you run the ball four times in the second half and they're running, I think it was uh, 6.2 yards per carry. I mean, they were running effectively. They only ran 17 times in the game. They weren't doing it in the first half when it was effective. They didn't do it in the second half, even though they were in that game. They were down 10 points going into the fourth quarter. There's no reason to bail on running the ball. When you have a quarterback that has proven over the last two years he cannot put a team on his shoulders and go win you a game, what are you doing as a coach? Again, I, I said the defense looked bad. Lock sucks. At the end of the day, it comes down to coaching. It, the, the the game plan was awful. The offensive game plan was absolutely horrible. I get you're down 10. I, I get it. Um, their cornerbacks are hurt. You got to tote the bean. You know what I mean? You got to do it. So, uh, yeah, it's, bad look. It's disappointing. Hey, hopefully they can get back up on the horse this this next weekend against Pittsburgh. So it's a winnable game. So we'll, we'll move on to Pittsburgh in a second here. But before we get there, I want to bring up the one last point that has been a big point of discussion this week in Denver media uh, based on some of the reactions from the coaching staff of if you weren't if you're at the game you may not have realized it if you're watching from home they pointed out several times that uh, the the Ravens were on pace to tie the NFL record I think it was 42 or 43 straight games where they have had over 100 yards rushing as a team Coming up to that last series, the Ravens get the ball back, and all they needed to do was take was to take a knee. However, they were at, I believe, 97 rushing yards as a team. So John Harbaugh sends out his quarterback. He goes into a shotgun snap. He runs outside, gets his three yards, slides, ends the game. You guys have an issue with that? No, well, and I think I think it was 96 yards, but I could be wrong on that. But either way, I Semantics. don't. I don't have an issue. No, I Cause, don't. Because for those who haven't heard, Vic Fangio came out in his press conference and not only said he expected them to do it, we knew they were going to do it, but that he had an issue with them doing it. And what cracks me up is when you say that you expected it, yet clearly nobody did anything uh-huh. to try to stop this. Um, so I, 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 I agree with you, Connor. I think that's sour grapes. You don't want them to do it, stop them. That's pretty easy. I mean, I think I think you should be more upset that Drew Locke sucks. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, you like seriously? Like, what, who gives a shit? Yeah, what does it matter? Yeah, what doesn't matter? He didn't play well. Let's we're being we're being well. very nice. He just here being here. very nice right now. I will I will say this much. I honestly in this one oh, no. microcosm of a game. Oh no, I didn't Uh-oh. see. Here no, it comes. No, listen, Uh-oh. no, hear me out. Here comes the bull. All right, Uh-oh. all right, all right. Hey, fair we might enough. Have to go no, to let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Come on. I'm telling you, hot take alert. It, in in this one particular game, snapshot of this game, I did not see either of our quarterbacks play good football. 
They both looked horrendous. I will agree the with you. They both looked horrendous. I will horrendous. agree with you there. But you know what? I will also say that it's not necessarily Teddy Bridgewater's fault, nor is it Drew Locke's fault necessarily. Our offensive line was getting shredded. The Ravens are a better team. Yes. This is what we talked about going into it. When you when you name a guy like Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback, regardless of what you felt about Locke versus Bridgewater, you knew what you were getting. This is a team that will be somewhat competitive. They'll stay in games, but they're frankly, most of the time, not going to beat a really good team even at home. That's there's, what they there's are. There's no way to even judge the offense because when it's based around Teddy Bridgewater's strengths and his strengths are completely different than Drew Locke's, and he goes out at right. halftime. The issue that I have is that you ran the ball four times with a guy that very yeah, clearly no can't doubt. throw a Could, pass. And, and he he was so off. He was so out of rhythm. Even and then when he and then and then and then he goes and uh, Drew Lock meaning when I say he goes and actually makes one of those plays that you know gets the couple people being like God dang it like this guy has that tantalizing he makes that one play where he rolls out he evades coverage he's getting dragged down by Owe the rookie and why he's getting dragged down he stands up uh, tall makes a 30 yard strike down perfect throw and what happens Holding number seventy-two, Garrett. The first Bowles. one of the year. Hey, first one of the I year. Know, I know. Relax. I know. No, no, no doubt. I'm just Relax. saying things didn't go right. Things not, but but to get back to your to your point, Jared, I don't have a problem with this. Now, I I was amused at the banter that went back and forth between Vic Fangio and Harbaugh. I'm sure yeah. you saw this, yeah. obviously. So so as you alluded to, you know, Vic basically says. Well, this is I expected. This organization, their organization, meaning the the Ravens, uh, prioritizes player safety secondary. You know, and so he basically he he takes a chip shot at the t- a cheap shot, saying that they don't prioritize player safety. And I love Harbo's or Harbaugh's response Harbo. back. Yeah, Harbo, hey, Harbo gummy bears. I'm just thinking of <laughs> yeah. gummy bears. Ooh, Con- Connor's been tasty. on a diet lately, yeah. and uh, let him know, Ooh, Connor. How much? You, how much are you down, Connor? Let uh, him know. A couple pounds here or there. Hey, so Har- Harbaugh. Who's counting? Who's yeah, counting? Not, not me. I don't know. Not me. But uh, Harbaugh comes in and, and says, well, what about you, Vic, calling three timeouts with 13 seconds left? Hi-oh. Hey, I, you know, I, I was unaware that there was a 16-point touchdown play in the books because, uh, you know, hey, you want to talk about player safety? If you're really, if that's really your gripe here, then what are you doing calling three timeouts in the last 13 seconds? You know what I mean? Like, Michael Scott, boom, roasted. Yeah, yeah, roasted. So I thought that was pretty clever by, by Harbaugh. Ugh, I can't Har- say it. Now, wow. now he's done. Now he's done. Harbaugh, Harbaugh. Okay, so we're all in agreement there. I, I, I think most fans are in agreement. I, I don't think most Broncos fans really have an issue with this. To me, it's kind of embarrassing hearing uh, the, the way that Vic Fangio presented that. Like, I don't know. That just oh, and you know screams why he's get off my lawn. Yeah, because he got outcoached. Well, yes, but you know why he was specifically mad about that play? Had nothing to do with player safety. He was mad because he wanted to stop that record. That was like the one saving grace in his day, right? He was having a bad day, right? We all have bad days. I have bad days, you know. You have bad, some some of us have I bad days more than most, you know. Days. Anyways, did you guys see? I, I wanted to bring up, and if you listeners are out there, you should go check it out on Twitter. Just search for uh, Broncos sideline furious, you know, something like that at at the Ravens game. You'll find it. It's pretty easy. I think it's on Nine News. There is a camera of Vic Fangio right behind Vic, and it's on that play. They're lining up to run it, and Vic's going. Get up, get up, you know, just like <clears throat> calling everyone to get to the line, right? And he's just watching it like intently, hands on hips, like head out, like super focused watching this play unfold. And they run it, and he's he's going down the sideline, like shuffling his feet, shuffling his feet. And as soon as they break that three, four-yard barrier, he just 
throws his head down. He throws down his his uh, headset and just starts cussing. Just I mean, just starts. Cussing. See, I would have liked to see him doing that before the play even starts. Yeah, how about Be maybe pissed. the first? How you about know maybe this the game's over now. No, no, no. But see, that is my point exactly. Oh wow! If he was upset at the play being called. Yeah. He would have shown his emotions and upsetness before it was, but like as they were lining up. Yeah. Instead, You're he's right. all like, "Get up, get up, let's go, let's go, get him, get him." He's upset because he couldn't stop it. As soon as they broke the record, it is all emotion. And so, hey, you can try and sell us that it's about player safety, Vic, but I ain't buying it. I'm not buying no. it, and I don't mind. I don't think the Broncos mind all that much either. The players, who cares? So, hey, you like play better. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we want to move on. Talk just briefly about the Steelers game coming up here. Uh, first of all, Connor, you have some injury updates. Uh, your inside sources that he wouldn't even tell Soaps and I before the show. Yeah. The sources <laughs> and the information that he had regarding Teddy Bridgewater and his concussion protocol, if he will play, when we will find out what's going on, Connor. Uh, yeah, so I got some real inside sources. And that, is your inside source ESPN? Because that doesn't I, count. I think it's... Because uh, I will be pissed if you say yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It starts with a G and rhymes with schmoogle. Oh. Yeah. Even no. worse. Okay, so uh, no, I actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, no, I actually heard uh, uh, a whole breakdown of what it is with concussion protocol. Okay. So the concussion protocol, and by the time you listen to this, you know they, we may know more, but it, there's a four step process that he has to go through, and it involves uh, doing, you know, having a day of just balance work where you're working away from the team. You have no access to media, coaches, stuff like that. It's only with a, a medical personnel, and you're just doing kind of coordination, balance stuff. So in theory, that would be today, Tuesday, right? right? Uh, and then you get you progressively work your way up to like stationary bike. You know, then um, and then you can kind of you can be on the field, you can join your team, and you still can't practice or do anything like that. But you can do some like uh, quarterback specific type drills. You know, once you, uh, but then you have to reach a point where you you have to get cleared by a third party neurosurgeon. I, I think it's a neurosurgeon, but it's a medical professional that's third party, not affiliated with the team, not affiliated with the NFL, and you have to show that all your concussion symptoms are gone. And at that point, the earliest that that could possibly happen is, is and, and he could come back and be cleared to play is Friday. And so the way it looks right now, I don't see a way that you're going to go start Teddy Bridgewater with no practice the entire week. I don't think that would be fair to him. I don't think that'd be fair to the team. I disagree completely. Uh, I, I, you know, I think, I think that that's the way that they're going to go. I mean, I, I don't, I, I couldn't disagree with you anymore. If, if Teddy can play the, at this point, it's so unbelievably obvious how much better Teddy is. You have to play the best available player. And, and I agree because it's not like an ankle, uh, something that he could, you know, would be potentially nursing, not be 100% while he's on the field. If he's cleared, he's good. And and I think the yeah, idea but, that he needs this week of practice. Well, but so, I, here's, and, uh, so here's a slight, but here's a slight difference with an ankle, okay? At least with an ankle injury that you're nursing or whatever, let's say you can't practice, right? You are still able to be there. You can communicate about the game plan. You can watch film. You can see what the scout so team you don't, is doing. You don't think he's doing that? Like no, you outside, can't. You are not, outside of the practice You are not you allowed. Think. No, the Broncos will not let him do that. You, you, they could get in a lot of trouble for that. You absolutely cannot. He has to be away from the Broncos. You don't think they're sending like, you don't uh, think they're sending him film. You don't think he has anything kinda, to look kinda at. Kind of like allowing your had players to, guess, to, to all your quarterbacks to be in a room without a mask. I, Correct. So, yeah, so, so I would guess. I would guess <laughs> not. And, 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 you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they yeah. are. But if, I will tell you this much. Officially, they are. I will, I will tell you this much. If they are doing that, 
then they are breaking the protocol and the NFL rules. And I do think that this is one particular area after the lawsuits where the NFL is not messing around, man. Like I think that they'll Broncos- just make them play with with Kendall Hinton as their quarterback again. That'll be the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So no, I mean, hey, I, if I had to guess, if I was a betting man, which I am, nice. <laughs> I, would, I would notice we don't introduce him as a professional better no, no, like no. we do Tyler no, no, no. though. No, 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 pizza money. Uh, Connor's if, the type of gambler to only tell you when he wins, not his losses. I'll just leave yeah, it at that. Oh, okay. That's okay. actually not true at all. <laughs> I called. I think every friend I knew when I lost a. I had a streak last year. Only when it's a bad beat. There we go. I had a consecutive (laughs) streak of, I believe, eight NFL playoff games last year where I lost every single one of them in a row. And then I won it all all back on a... a I can't remember what I did, but but either way, I was calling everyone, telling them I can't believe this. I went on this unbelievable streak. You were going somewhere. Losing. Anyways, uh, if I had to bet... It's going to be, we're going to see Drew Locke start this game. I, I do think so because that rely, I mean, Teddy has to go through everything exactly as God, and this that is makes his me second, sick. This is his well, second concussion in the NFL. And, and that's what I was going to say. It's not only whether or not he, you know, would be ready to play without any practice. One, one fa- area, what did you say? Four steps in this. One delay in any of these steps nixes it. It means he does not get the clearance I, before Sunday. So. I, I don't think there's, again, assuming he assuming he's cleared, I think he'll be cleared to play. I don't see any way that Teddy does, again, assuming he's cleared, there is no scenario in my mind that Teddy does not start. I mean, not to say that he's at this level, but big like Ben Roethlisberger hasn't practiced on a Wednesday, I think, in like 10 years. That happens for all these guys. And again, I understand your point about film. I'd be curious for all the listeners out there, maybe look at this too. Can you send them film? I would imagine you the answer can. is yes. You cannot. I'm telling you, I know that I know that you cannot do this until they are cleared to come back I, to football. I don't activities. ask how the sausage is made. Yeah. I just, I just <laughs> like the product. On I'm, t- I, I, I'm telling you, for this first few days, he has to be away from it, and so that's just going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. and I, I want to throw out the scenario too. So the Broncos play Pittsburgh Steelers at Pittsburgh, correct? It's the 225 game. No, it's an early game. I hate it. Don't even talk to me about yeah. it. <laughs> um, I'm a red zone guy. I yeah. love watching red zone uh, in the morning, yeah. and it yeah, just it sucks. Anyways, um, so we'll go look at both scenarios because it's in the air we don't know at this point tuesday the fifth we don't know which quarterback's playing so right now the line is set at uh pittsburgh minus one i assume that's sort of factoring in home, kind home of field. what they think yep. uh with the quarterbacks so if teddy bridgewater is in how do we feel about the broncos in this game well, I certainly feel better about it if Teddy Bridgewater is in, obviously. I mean, I do think you, we can all agree like with that, Do you like the Broncos, right? though, in this game? Do you think the Broncos win this game if Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is playing? I think that Ben Roethlisberger looks worse than Peyton did his last year with Denver. I think even if Locke plays, it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think even if Teddy plays, it'll be a slightly higher. But, um, I, I mean, I still like the Broncos' chances. I think my biggest frustration about last week, Broncos are down whatever they're down. We didn't even get one Drew Lock dance down fourteen. Well, he what? didn't score. He didn't score. What? Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you think, Connor? Uh, we we, we hear sounds think, like Soaps has got him winning either way, wh- whichever quarterback. At the very in. least, we got a chance to win in the fourth. Is what I'm saying. Okay. I think I think the Steelers are that bad this year. Okay. Hey, I think either way. What this is going to depend on is you have to tote the rock. You have to tote the bean. The bean. And and you have to do, unlike, for for example, unlike what the uh, New England Patriots did on Monday night. And uh, I think that's time for our stat of the week. 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 Normally speaking, I like to do our stat of the week with... 
Colorado Denver teams, but this one was just too good to pass up. It was a souffle. You're going big time on us, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hitting the no, national I had, stage. <laughs> I had to work it in there a little bit. Uh, the the New England Patriots did not tote the rock last last uh, Monday night against Tom Brady as he came to town. Now this is a good one. Tom Brady with three yards rushing outrushed. The New England Patriots like on Monday one. night. I love that. With a rookie quarterback. The New England Patriots rushed for negative one yards on Monday night football. That's a stat. Wow. And they were in <laughs> that's that a good game. One. I mean, <laughs> they had a chance at the end of that game still. They were pass heavy and they were throwing a lot of a lot of control passes, kind of like how they typically do. But yeah, they were not toting the bean. And it was interesting. But yeah, isn't that fascinating? Tom Brady outrushed the entire New New England Patriots offense. So there you go. How many times has he ever done that in his career? Probably (laughs) never. I don't know if that's ever. I mean, that is so wild to me. (laughs) Uh, All right. So there we go. We'll we'll turn off the stat of the week music. I I had to work that in. Sure. like that creativeness? But I asked a question there. I asked a question. I don't think I've gotten an answer. Yeah, well, I think that you got to tote the bean, and I think it's going to be a really close game either way. I think it's going to be close. I don't feel good about this one from, okay. from the standpoint of the Broncos. I would feel good if Teddy had a full week of preparation and was coming in and playing. I would. I would, I would feel like this is a a. I, I would fa- you know I would tend to believe so, the Broncos are going to win this game, but because it's either going to be Drew Locke or Teddy with no preparation, I think that's going to be rough. I so I totally disagree with you, Soaps. I think the Steelers are so much better than their record indicates. This is what they always do. Last year was the opposite, where they started out hot and they like looked 10, great, no. and then they fell 13, apart when the playoffs came. They always have the highs and lows. That's what the Steelers do. It's what they've always been. As long as Roethlisberger's been there, he he has he's very Brett Farbesk in that oh, way. Oh, don't right? even. Okay. So, <laughs> oh my God, highs, shows over. The man shows makes some the bad throws. Okay. So I. I think the Steelers, and this is kind of where I wanted to lead this because I I think if the Broncos are going in there to the to Pittsburgh and they have Teddy Bridgewater leading the way, I truly think that's the difference. Bridgewater playing this game or not playing this game. If Drew Locke is in this game, I don't think the Broncos win because I don't think this offense can keep up with them because to your point earlier, Soaps, they've built a different offense for a different quarterback and Drew Locke clearly proved last week he cannot lead that that offense to victory. So I think the difference in this game is Teddy Bridgewater. If they play, I if he plays, I like the Broncos in this game because I think the Broncos are a better team. And I wanted to kind of segue into that. We'll go through this briefly. You wanted to add something, so Yeah, playing devil's advocate to my point. If there is a week for Drew Locke to show out and Teddy can't play, he's got a full week of prep. He gets sure. a full week with the first first team. I guess if he plays this, this is it. It's now. And regardless to what Connor was saying, run the ball, run the ball. That is, I think the strength of this team right now. I think that your offensive line while beat up is better with, you know, running the ball versus going up against another very good pass rushing team in Pittsburgh. Do not subject your quarterbacks to the same thing you did this last week. So I, I think that's important. Um, but what you want to add something as well, Connor? Well, I was just going to say to, to your guys' point, what you're talking about, how they're, I think that's a really good point that I want to hit a, a hit again is that they are different quarterbacks, right? Say what you will about Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. They are different. The offense is going to look Different. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm like talking the the formations, the plays, the way that you design your offensive scheme is going to change. I think that poses a extra problem for the coaching staff this week because what do you do? You have to go the whole week as if Drew Locke is starting. So that means the, the whole installs, right? All the installs, all the preparation. It's going to be for these tweaks for the Drew Locke offense. 
I am not confident in. I think you make a good point with I, that. And just switching that over on Friday, last second, it, it doesn't just. But it doesn't just affect Teddy. It affects the entire offense. And you might even still have two rookie or you know two young offensive linemen True. still trying to work with it. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough either way. That's the way I look at it. So great. And I just real quickly want to touch on something I kind of want to bring up. We're running a little long on this Broncos side, so I don't want to dive into this too much, but where do you guys see the Broncos as compared to the Steelers if you were looking at a power ranking? Do you see the Broncos significantly ahead right there with them? Where would you say the Broncos fit in the AFC power rankings right now? I think I think with a fully healthy Teddy Bridgewater, they're right above him. Yeah, I do. I, I think I think Pittsburgh is pretty close to an average you know, pretty average team. I, I think that they, they can be good. They can be, you know, they, they struggle. They have their own issues. The Steelers have their own issues, too. I mean, uh, I would put them, let's just ballpark it remotely in the same neighborhood, but okay. I, would, I would definitely give the Broncos the edge. What about you, Subs? Um, I would politely disagree. Complete opposite records. Broncos are 3-1. and one. Um, so, Steelers, uh, Steelers are 1-3. and three. Points against. I understand we've played it. Uh, you know, the teams we played were 0-9, 49 points against for the Broncos, 93 for the Steelers. Again, I understand strength of schedule as a thing. I would put the Broncos at least three or four teams ahead. So out of 16 teams, where are you putting the Steelers? Mm, as of today, I would say, I would probably say 11 or 12, and Broncos okay. probably eight or nine. So what I just, I, I, eight quickly, or nine I quickly like threw like mine together, um, just kind of what I thought. I had the Broncos at seven. Six teams ahead of them being the Chargers, Titans, Ravens, Browns, Bills, and Chiefs. I think those are the clear teams that are Easy. ahead of the Broncos. I actually have the Steers at eight, and I look at the teams behind them, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Stop me if you guys hear someone you think is better than the Steelers. Uh, the Raiders. The Colts. I still don't like the Raiders. I still don't believe them. They're a farce. I, I could tell you that right now. Ooh. It's it's it's, it's going to fall apart on them. I'm, I'm calling. No, I'm going to just die on that sword because <laughs> I was so adamant they were going to be so bad this year, and they've looked really good. They actually I have. Uh, and then ending with the Jets, Jacks, Texans. I think those are the obvious ones there. But I have a hard time putting a Bengals, even at 3-1, and one, ahead of the Steelers right now. I, I, I believe in a head-to-head -head matchup. At a neutral site, I'm taking the Steelers there. I am too, and, and the Steelers, I don't know if Chase Claypool's coming back, but uh, that would be huge for them. And then they also, you know who they, they are getting back is their, their D-end uh, to it. They're getting to it back. He's been on the uh, IL for undisclosed reasons, which is kind of weird, but he's a big part of their defense, and they're getting him back after missing the first four games. Okay, so real quick, Bengals are 3-1. and one. They played the Vikings, suspect. Bears, awful. They beat the Steelers 24 to 10, and then they also beat the Jaguars. So, so they did beat the Steelers already yeah. in Pittsburgh or in uh, I, th I believe it was in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Uh oh, maybe not so much there. But you know what? Again, back to what we we're saying early in the season. Let's see that game whenever it is later in the season. I won't be surprised if Pittsburgh rolls into Cincinnati and okay. steamrolls them. Okay? okay. I think that is still a team. This is still a big game for the Broncos to win because at the end of the year, you're sitting there with 10 or 11 wins. This, you may look back at this and go, man, this is the difference and why the Broncos get in and the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the outside looking in having that head to head win. All right. Before we move on fully, where I swear we're trying to get on to other sports. Uh, Avalanche getting ready to start this week. Nuggets are getting ready to start in a couple weeks. We're going to dive into the, both of those topics, but we have to bring back the 
uh, Red Rock Sports Weekly Draft. Obviously, you guys brought it up a little bit last week. You talked about uh, I was way off. You guys both tied for the lead. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we do need to bring in a tiebreaker real quick just yep. for, for those 100%. who weren't listening. Uh, we ended up with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton tied for receptions. I do like yards. You guys like yards. I think total yeah. yards should be the tiebreaker. So who was it that had more yards, Sutton or... Patrick. Oh, you think? I don't know. I kind of like the. Uh, I kind of like it just. We 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 didn't specify, so I think it should be because this is an ongoing thing. Sure, I think yeah, it should yeah. just be a win, a win, a loss. You know, because this is tied. Oh, so you guys just gonna put yourselves ahead of me? Okay, right, so it's one one okay. zero. One one okay. zero. Wow, I suck. All right, <laughs> and I'm the one deciding what we're doing. Well, okay. you're on vacation, sipping on my ties. I know, you know, I, mean? I know, I know. Okay, so this week, what we're going to uh, draft upon, I should say. So, do I get the first pick then? Since I was, yeah, the of course. Worst? Yeah, losers always go first. Okay. Waiver okay. wire number one. Um, um, so you guys can fight amongst yourselves on who goes number two. So what we're going to look at this week, we're going to do a little bit different. We're not going to pick between players. The, what, what we're going to draft on is how many total touchdowns, number of touchdowns scored for the Broncos this week. Obviously, it's a little bit of a controversial thing because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So it kind of tends you to have to, you know, hedge your bet a little bit on, on, on what you're thinking. Um, I'm going to start here, okay? I think there will be three total touchdowns for the Broncos this week, okay? Can we, can we break this down to make it a little more interesting? If it's too much, let me know. Let's do total touchdowns with Locke. And total no, touchdowns. No, no, no. You got it. You got to take it. Ooh. You got to. You got to go with confidence. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and I am going to go in with three touchdowns. I think there'll be a few field goals along the way. The Broncos may get into the 30s, but I think this is a game where the Broncos stay in the 20s. All right. Hey, I'm going to let Nick go because I went first last time. Okay. So. Total touchdowns for the Broncos. One touchdown. Ooh. Wow. It's going to be 16, 16-10, 16-7, Bon Bene. All right. That's bold. One Man, one I, I like spicy Nick. See, <laughs> see, I thought you were going to take two, and I was going to come in and say, Drew Locke's going to start, and we're going to score one touchdown. But now... You're well, my, you're I, you, you've, my, hey. you've changed me because apparently yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter who right, the quarterback hey. is. We suck anyway. <laughs> so. All right. Then I'll take the obvious two. I will go with two. Nice okay. and easy. I think a couple touchdowns... About about where the Broncos could be. I think Drew Locke might be able to score two. I think Teddy Bridgewater might get three. So six and and seven. two. And even though I would be the one that would benefit from this, none of this closest wins. Crap. Okay. If it's not exactly three, two, or one, nobody wins. No nobody wins. gets a win. Okay. I don't, right. I don't. I don't. Do we have it? Do we have Jeopardy. a tiebreaker? Uh, what do you mean? We all have a different. Ooh, and now we mean offense, right? Like no defensive touchdown. Oh, right? no, no. This no, no, is no. total touchdowns. Total tuds. Oh, okay. Total I will tuts. give you your, your no, pick. I'm is still going to. Your pick is still up. The card has not been signed yet. No. <laughs> I'm going to still go two. Okay. Okay. All right. That's out there. All right. Without further ado, I promised we would get to him, and he looks like he's about to walk away right now, but I think he's in. I think we're in. Tyler Walji professional better and hockey expert for the show welcome in tyler hello hello mates how we doing today oh, i'm doing fantastic uh, i thought i'd do an accent i need show. a canadian i need a french canadian oh i can do a canadian in. you know yeah, from up there north. irish okay. oh it's some irish you see i got the mustache going on a little <laughs> lip sweater eh? it is a little bit oh, red there. Is there australian australian 
Yeah, but uh, how you guys doing? No, Australian. We're good. We're good. We're you know we're uh, getting through the loss with the Broncos here, and uh, you know ultimately I think we're ready to move on from that. Yeah, I I don't want to come on here and talk Broncos. We've done that. I've done that oh, enough on your guys. Really show. quick though, yeah. I do have to I have to call you on something. I, oh, I obviously no. wasn't able to listen to the oh, show no. live, and so we're on a group text, and after the Broncos game, everyone's you know texting about the game amongst three or the four of us, and and uh, Tyler's going on his usual rant about how Drew Locke is so bad and Teddy Bridgewater is this god. And I just happened to come across the part of the show last week where I, let me see if I can find the exact quote um, from Walgie here. It was, uh, if Teddy goes down and he's gotten hurt before, Drew Locke wouldn't be a bad backup. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. <laughs> Got him. Hey, hey, hey. Got what, him. What Zing, happens baby. is I come on your guys' show so often, okay. and I honestly don't like being right all the time. Like I've said before, oh, it's a burden. It's this a burden was coming on here being right all the time. No, no, it is. So what I did is I kind of <laughs> wanted to give you guys no. a little bit of, of, yeah. of something and say, look, I'm not going to come on your show and say all these things You're about so Locke. Kind. And so I thought I'd throw him a bone and say, look, he may be an average backup. Maybe he can come and give us something. And clearly, I was way off with that. Clearly, he didn't even <laughs> belong in a league. So you're right, Jared. Thanks for bringing that back up. I, I, just, wanted to, I just wanted to you know, give you a little something. Give us the best thing you saw Locke do last week. Well, he didn't dance, so that's out of the equation. <laughs> that, I mean, is that, that the best yeah. thing? Him not is dancing? that the best? <laughs> him not dancing. I mean, uh, he did he look ready to go to you guys? Like, no, did he look like he was ready no. to, to go come to the game? Can I actually just say one thing on this because I was the one in that? Damn last, it! We were almost know, out. I, I had to bring us back in. <laughs> no, no, I know. In the last episode, though, I was the the one who who brought up saying, "Hey, he's a great backup to have." Right? God, can can I just say one thing? I formally revoke what I said, and here's why. Not because I still... I still think that there is a chance Drew Locke's a starter in the NFL. You sound like you're running for office right now. But I will say this. But I will say this. this. I'm going to revoke what I said, and here's why. I would rather have for a backup... What what became abundantly clear to me in that game was that I would rather have a veteran backup who has been in that situation before, who, who understands how to stay ready with the game script and come on and have not missed a beat. I don't think... I think it became abundantly clear that Drew Locke is not able to do that. What you mean is you would literally have anybody else be the backup quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, let's get off. Let's get off. Let's go to some hockey. All right. Well, I can tell. We're here to talk some hockey. The abs are starting up. We know we got a lot of excitement out there. Remind all of us out there. Did did, did it already sneak up and start? Has the regular season started? No, week out, right? No. Okay. So we're sitting here on the 5th. So I think the abs open up the 12th, 13th, one of the first couple days. Yeah. Perfect. So we are uh, one week away from the Avalanche starting. Let's they made some moves go. in the offseason. Let's let's kind of remind the uh, the audience here. I know the biggest move the Avs made this offseason was the move at goaltender, letting Grubauer go and bringing in Darcy Kemper via trade. Um, I think this is a big move. Tyler, what do you think? How much does that improve the, the Avs outlook well, this year? I mean, honestly, it doesn't improve it that much because the Avs were already arguably the best team in the league. But what it does is gives us that extra elite level of goaltender come playoff time. Now, if Darcy Kemper can stay healthy, which he has in his career, he's not like Grubauer. He's not really injury prone. So if he can stay healthy, I mean, the Avs have... For sure, in my opinion, a top five goalie in the NHL. And the way I compare it, I was reading an article a couple days ago in the, I think it was the Denver Post, 
and they were saying, who's going to be the goalie? Is it going to be Darcy Kemper or uh, Pavel Francouz? And even though Pavel Francouz is go- a good goalie, he may be a starter on another team. When you have Darcy Kemper, you start Darcy Kemper. This shouldn't be a, a question mark. And and for those who may not be familiar with the abs or familiar with hockey, I kind of look at that situation like uh, if Aaron Rodgers came to town, right? Where Teddy Bridgewater would now play the role of Pavel, uh, Pavel Francouz and... Aaron Rodgers would be Dar- Darcy Kemper. It's not a question. You start the best, arguably the best in the league at their position. So your question, how much better did the Avs get? Not that much better because Grubauer was a really good goalie himself. The Avs were elite. But did they get better? Yes, a little bit. So would you list them as your odds-on favorite then to win the Stanley Cup? I mean, I want to be careful because I don't want to jinx them or anything. You know, Last time I came on here, it's like, oh, yeah, they're the favorite, and then another postseason collapse but yeah i mean right now i have them my number one team in the nhl and so does the market they're the favorites in the league right now i don't know the exact odds 475 475 and i mean look the abs have been one of the best teams for years they just have never capitalized in the postseason and i think we may have talked about this before can you imagine if the broncos had this kind of failures in the postseason year after year i mean the nuggets kind of did with george carl you know and and nuggets went and and fans went crazy right abs fans don't seem to mind much i mean maybe they'll start making a bigger deal this year or as we move forward yeah i think i think you're gonna start to hear more and more of that if if this continues for the abs because i think the last couple years they've just been happy to be there and be competitive again and uh, at a certain point, those expectations do start to change. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. They've come up against really good teams in the second round. You know, Vegas knocked them out last year, and it's it's just it's tough to get past those. But, um, yeah, I have them as the favorite. I think they're the best team right now. They're very complete. As long as they get some good play from their third line, it's a lot coming up on Alex Newhook this year. You know, he's got to perform. But um, the Avs are right now the best team in the NHL, biggest, in my opinion. Biggest Achilles heel. For the Avs. Well, it is some of those young guys. I mean, Alex Newhook right now is a question mark. The fourth line for the Avs right now is a question mark. If those young draft picks can step up and do what other young draft picks have done for the Avs, that's exactly what they're looking for. So I mentioned Alex Newhook a couple times now. Let's focus in on him. He's the third line center. He was The Avs were hoping he would battle a little bit more for the second line, maybe, maybe play wing. But it's become clear he's not to that level yet. He's not a top six player. So he's going to be the third line center. And I mean, if the abs are going to, again, stay where they were, he's got to start producing. He's really not looking that great. And I want to be optimistic. But look, a lot of these Boston College products just haven't panned out. I mean, I don't want to just say, you know, the college you come from means everything. But there's a couple guys right now. I think Kevin Hayes right now for, for Philly is, is probably the most, you know, the one who's producing the most. But these Boston College centers and, and wings, they play a different style there. Can he produce? Can he start turning it on? I hope so. But to me, that's a question mark. These young players and, and defense too, you know, a couple young defenders, uh, but Bowen Byram should be on the second or third line. So to me, that's it. Young players for the abs. Can they step up, fill the role of uh, some of these guys who have either left or getting older? So I asked this question uh, last year to, on this show, what well, was actually right as we were starting up this show, um, and I was surprised at some of the reactions I got to it, but I'll ask it again, and I'll, I'm going to open it up to all four of us here. Is this season Stanley Cup or bust for the Fs? I mean, yes, just because of the last few years. I mean, this is just as good a team. There's no excuse. Well, 
if if you're a hardcore Avs fan and maybe you're an apologist uh, akin to Connor with Drew Luck over here. Oh my God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, Should but, we talk uh, Broncos a little we go more? Again? <laughs> Should we go again? Hey, you're bringing me back in or what? All right. Uh, if, if you were uh, maybe to make some kind of an excuse, you could say, obviously things are going to get a lot more difficult this year. They're going back to normal divisions, which means the Avs are going to be in the Central, again with the Blues, and, and Minnesota's going to be improved this year, and a lot of those teams who we didn't see. Remember, the Avs last year got lucky because they were in the the pretty much the Pacific. They're playing the the Sharks and the Ducks. And that was and all was just, that was all COVID related. It was yeah, it was all COVID related, exactly. So the ads are now going to a much more difficult hey, situation. Can I just throw out a random idea? And, yeah. Go back to the seasons that you created based off of COVID. They were so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the, the NBA bubble was like one of the most fun times watching basketball, I think, ever. I, I, it was I, so I, much I, fun. These ideas were great. Why did we go so quickly away from them? I certainly didn't mind it. Just yeah. saying. That. But uh, okay, so so would Connor or, or Nick would either you disagree in 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 Tyler's statement? I agree with him wholeheartedly. This is Stanley Cup or bust. I said it last year. I'll say it this year. You just never know when you're gonna have that chance and this good of a team. What do you guys say? I think for me, um, when we talk championship or bust, I don't really like to refer to it like uh-huh. that. I'm more of a window guy. Stole we're, the words. We're in the window. So I don't know if it's necessarily a bust, but we're certainly in that window of, you know, maybe now within a year or two, again, as someone that isn't a diehard abs fan, when I watch the abs, I see an awesome team, super exciting. But again, for me, it's much like when Peyton came, we had a five, six year window. I would equate it to about, a, again, maybe a three, four windows of, of true. Have you ever worked in windows? Uh, what do you mean? I think you'd be a good like window salesman, <laughs> like a window cleaner. Or I was no, 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 <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like on the high rise, the no, scaffolding. Oh yeah, I could not do that. Like a salesman, like, like uh, hey, you need windows? Like windows and siding. <laughs> you know how expensive <laughs> yeah. windows are? Oh yeah, I recently uh, yeah. got new windows. It's but I will tell you now, if you live in an old house. Get new windows. Yeah, they're key. Yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently, it's a big deal to have really nice windows. Major, major key. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so hey, but the window. I like the window theory. I, you know, Nick. The Nick kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I don't. I just don't. It's not that I disagree with you. I just don't like. I don't like the whole concept of Super Bowl or bust because it's like, hey, if the Avalanche got to the Stanley Cup, for instance, right, and lost a really hard fought series against another good team, no one's gonna sit there and think that's a failure. In I my do. opinion, I absolutely feel like if you don't go win a Stanley Cup right now, no matter what happens in the season, I will come away disappointed in the see, abs this year. Now, I think the only instance where I feel like it kind of gets to like you know, championship or bust mentality is when a team brings in like a ton of one year free agents. And it's like, Hey, we're going to bring in everybody. We're, we're going to pay out of pocket, just a ton of money. I mean, kind of, for instance, what you see the Lakers doing right now, right? They're just bringing in everybody. They're kind of in that mentality. Like minimum age must be 35 years or older to join the Lakers. But but I think for a team that hasn't won since what, what year is it? The the Avalanche won the San Francisco? Oh, one, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I don't don't know the answer. It was like 96 and 01, I think, were their two championships. So so for someone that hasn't won a championship in in quite a while, right? Won a couple as a franchise in, in a sport, which is not, you know, predominantly dominated by like the same five teams like the NBA is, right? I think so much has to go right for you to win a championship to where I'm not going to be disappointed. I mean, I'll be disappointed, okay? But I'm not going to consider it like a failure of a season if they don't win a championship. Like, it's not like it's not like the Avs 
won a championship or made it to the cup the last two years in a row and lost it or something. Sure. Or, or you know, they have a player that's like, hey, they've won a championship. We just brought everyone in to win. Like, it's not like that to me. So so I still th- see this as a young franchise. And I like Nick's work, window. I like the window mentality, thinking of it like, hey, if the, if the Avs don't win a cup with this core and we look back on it in five, six, seven years and they haven't won a cup... Yes, I will consider that a failure because they have so much talent. But I'm not going to go that far and say this year has to happen. But you have to start asking questions because the Avs the last couple of years have had probably the best roster in the league. Now, health has been an issue. I know injuries are always a concern in every sport. Okay, that's something you always deal with. But the Avs have had maybe the best roster the last three years. So you have to start asking questions. And I think that we have to ask a lot of these ads, you know, because we would do the same of other teams. I would do the same of any any other team I cheer for if they have this kind of a roster. And I do think that it's been overlooked these last few years. I think the media has should be more tough, should be more uh, uh, tougher on Jared Bednar and the, the not the front office. I think Joe Sackick's done all he can, but Jared Bednar, there needs to be more spotlight on him and these players. I mean, hold these players accountable. They're the ones out there. Miko Rantanen has disappeared in the playoffs. Nathan McKinnon has disappeared in the playoffs. Like these guys do so great in the regular season. Playoff time comes. Now, let me ask you this. I know this is premature, but should the Avalanche make it all the way to the playoffs again? Which they and, will. And, 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 I, which I, we all, I think we all expect them. They so so they, they make the playoffs and they kind of, they fizzle out early once again. Right for however many years in a row, is Jared Bednar on the seat to be fired at that point? I think so because he's proven what he can be. And while I wasn't a huge fan of George Carl being fired, I understood why he was fired. I wouldn't be a huge fan of Bednar being fired, but I would understand it. And I think that maybe it would warrant George Carl's a different thing to me because George Carl's Nuggets never really had a chance to win a championship. I mean, in my mind, Mello and Chauncey, man, they that had that one year. So good. They, did they had that, that year. one year, but I mean, but still, George, but George Carl, that was his. It whole wasn't. Thing, the, it's his not regular the same season thing. teams outperformed, and a lot of people said he tried to do that fast. You know, that fast, fast paced, getting up the court, out outrunning teams in Denver, and that didn't work in the playoffs when things slowed down. You play half court basketball, and so they said he couldn't adjust. And it, it it could be similar for Bedner. Now it's easier for fans to identify. Okay, in basketball they're slowing down and it's half court. It's it, it's tougher. So hockey fans, it, you can't sometimes put a, a nail in exactly this is going on. This is going on. But I think if it's the third year in a row. And they, you know, first or second round, you have to really put either fire him or or it's it's a public hot seat to where if next year you don't get something done because you're right, Nick. The window is here, but it's not going to last forever. I mean, the Avs just paid Kale McCarr. What's he, the fourth highest defender in the league now? They paid their whole first line. They're going to have to start paying these guys. Yep. And so that window is not going to be open forever. And what's Darcy Kemper's contract to look like? Do you know uh, I'm not sure. I think, it's, I think it's one year. Is that's, it one year? I, that's, that's one of the things that stood I believe out it's just to me, this if one I'm year. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of I'll a proven year for him. You know, now, the, the Avs do such a good job. Players love playing for the Avs. And I promise you this. I promise you this. You guys, after Darcy Kemper has spent the last couple of years in Arizona getting just pounded with shots. And then he comes here. He's going to love playing for the Avs, not just on the ice, the organization. It's going to be a good experience. So I think they're going to have no issue getting it done, re-signing him if they like him. Joe Sackick has has given me nothing to worry about there. So I don't think that whole one-year contract's a problem. But yeah, I think it's a short one. All right. Anyone else have anything else for the great, the man, the myth, and legend, Tyler Walgie? Hockey. You guys ever tried to ice skate? Yes. 
I, yeah, I, I you, were you good? I can skate. I, I yeah. was once upon a time. I don't think I've done it since I was like 15 I years old. I think skating and then skating with a puck yeah. are two oh, totally, totally different. totally different. <laughs> so I've even, I've even like when I'm going around the ice rink, just like, you know, just around a rink on a public arena, I've just tried. I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy, right? Like I, I'm like, I'm cruising. I'm feeling good. And then I just pretend like I have a stick in my hand and I start like, you know, juking with it and pretend like I shot going full speed and I fall. It's like not. The, it's not the skating forward. It's the skating backwards. Oh yeah, that I don't too. even dare make a cut on a football field for <laughs> fear that my weak knees or ankles will just crumble underneath <laughs> me. Let alone with ice skates on, trying to cut or move any direction quickly. No thanks. I, I haven't skated in a while. I think I'd be terrible. But I did. Uh, curl. Did I tell you guys that? Oh, At that one in Lakewood? I There's one, curling. yeah. Uh, no, it was when I was in Greeley. Okay. But yeah. I there, yeah, there is once. one in Lakewood. There's actually a few around. The the uh, Olympic Center so, is so, in Colorado, yeah. actually, it's for actually, curling. It's a lot more difficult, well, than it may seem, or maybe it seems difficult. But the thing is, for amateurs, what they do when you go for your first time, they give you this little slippery thing to put under your gliding foot because they just glide on their shoes. But So you put this thing under your gliding foot and it's so slick. So I kept standing up whenever I would release the rock and falling behind. <laughs> and oh, I wow. was so, so sore. You know, you know what I think we need to do? I think we need to get a Woos Media curling extravaganza. Oh, oh, put it on the internet. That. I'm in. And I, I, think, I think it's a good time too to remind this is a Woos Media production. Absolutely. And and I will uh, take the reins back from El Capitan <laughs> there. Uh, this is, of course, a Woos Media production. Tyler does a couple other show, shows on there as well. There's many, many other things that Woos Media offers. If you go out and take a look at what else they have, you can find them online at woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. Love it. All right, Curling. Tyler, you want to hang Eddie. out? We're going to talk a little uh, N- uh, NBA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go fill my water up, actually. But hey, before I go fill this up and I'm coming back, uh, I went to Blackhawk today. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I made a day trip to Blackhawk. Oh, so there, there's the, no... The, the life of a professional batter. No, and, and that's it. There's no uh, Premier League or EFL this week. And so it's like I found myself with a couple hours and it's like, okay. So I made a quick trip up there. You know, I, I sat down a little bit, ba- little blackjack, little All crabs. Right. You know, come on, daddy's rolling the dice. <laughs> uh, ended up uh, uh, up thirty bucks. Nope. There sat you down go. with three hundred gas. Three hundred up thirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. A little ten percent oh, ROI. What so are the mi- what are the minimums up there right now? Crazy or what? Uh, I don't know. I don't deal with minimums. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, big rollout. I think it was uh, $5 on blackjack. I think it was $5 on both, to be honest. Wow. wow. But yeah. let me tell you, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. The crowd casino. at noon on a Tuesday at the Lodge Casino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Woo. I mean, let's just, I look, I, no, no, no judgment here. I'm just saying. That's a lot it's, of judging it's, going it's on right now. It's an interesting craft. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's yeah. dude. It's packed all the time. I yeah. oh, we used to go up uh, it's not, it's more often your, than I would like to admit. And it's not we always your Saturday evening crowd, is what you're telling me. Mm, not not your future <laughs> politicians of America. <laughs> all right. Right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're getting on to the NBA, which starts now in two weeks. Let's go weird, crazy. I still think they should push that back, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, and soaps, I would designate you as the you know resident. Oh, oh, he's giving me a look like he doesn't want me to say it. Uh, 
Big, biggest fan, maybe there most you involved, go. <laughs> most most knowledgeable and involved of uh, NBA. Because I was gonna put together my rankings, and I'm just literally like throwing darts at a board when I do it. I follow the NBA, but I don't follow the rest of the NBA the way that I follow the Nuggets. You know, so I don't know the ins and the outs of what these teams have been doing in the offseason, how things are looking. So we're gonna go through, and what I want is I want you to go bottom up, and you don't bottom to, up. He says you don't have to do the whole Western Conference, but we're gonna focus on the Western Conference. And I was thinking like the top eight, right? Eight teams make the playoffs. Is it still nine with that weird thing? I don't know if they're, they're still doing, doing They're that. doing the play-in. Uh, so the play-in is staying. If you care to list nine, give us your top nine in My reverse top order. Nine. But it doesn't have to be that deep. Okay. All right. So I guess to start, you threw me off by the, by the bottom and adding a ninth. So give me... 10 seconds. Uh, I always like to go bottom to top because you leave the, you got to leave the audience, you know, wanting more, you know, and who's those top three going to be, you know? Okay. So I guess to start, if we're going to start at the bottom, uh, I would honestly say, as um, we always do. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're actually one of my favorite, like sneaky teams. I feel like, again, it's kind of, they're in a weird transition. The way that their team is structured is kind of weird. I do think that they, they're going to be better. Um, then I'm putting them at ninth, but if I had to, I really like New Orleans. Love Zion Williamson. Um, I think they're really solid. Uh, Brandon Ingram is awesome. I think they struggle to play together. I don't think their games mesh super well, but if you had to ask, I think New Orleans is going to be right there. Okay. Um, I think eighth, and I do think, um, again, I'm I'm probably going to be wrong here, but I do think the Clippers are probably the worst of the good teams. So they would be my eighth overall team. Yeah, I've seen a lot of power rankings putting them top four or five seeds and I just I don't see it Kawhi Leonard out Ooh. I think that I think they're saying February March yeah. maybe um I don't really like the, the Clippers I don't really like watching them play they just don't seem to play in a way that's conducive to, to long-term success uh it and, seems like a group of superstars put together that just don't quite fit right um uh, again I don't I, I don't really like the Morris twins I, I feel like they're they're a little cancerous not as people of course but uh I just think anybody that had when you rely on the Morris twins for for offense and production I think uh, do you, you know, think maybe they're Scorpios then <laughs> I don't what even do know what that twins means in general what's that are you a fan of twins in general hmm or you think tw- twins are kind of shifty I think Shifty went together. Have you met Better. a twin that's not Shifty? <laughs> no, twins just, are definitely Shifty. I, I, I don't mean that to come off like it does, but so uh, I, think I, I think I know maybe one set of twins. For all the, Shifty, though, aren't they? For shifty. all the kids out there, for all the younger listeners, go look up a, what was it, the Budweiser commercial? And, and, and twins! And I... Twins, Basil. Twi- no, you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and again, we only condone 21 and up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's Strange always trying to come on our show and Jeez. talk about... Uh, Jeez. You know, yeah. Sorry Jeez. about that. Yeah. Jeez, See, it's a, okay. Yeah, it's sorry okay. about that. Denver. No, it's okay. It's okay. Veering off is good. So we got Clippers at eight. No, Yeah, we got, uh, we got Clippers at... Uh, we got Nola at nine. We got Clippers at eight. Love the Trailblazers. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum, very much like a McKinnon type, very much regular season player. Um, side note, if you ever saw this kid in high school, he was 5'7", five, 5'8", five, a buck 30, and he's like an NBA player now. If, if you Google young CJ McCollum, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so it's not, anyway, it's not fair. Why? So, like, what so happened? Got, I have literally, I think, gotten shorter since that point in it's time. Cause, it's because as you get older, you slouch, oh, and they don't bad. slouch. 
Working at a desk so it's, it's those uh, parents who learn to just keep the birth certificate with them for every game because <laughs> yeah. they know it's going to be coming out. Yeah. So exactly. there it is. I think that's kind of like a they short person uh, excuse. I think that's what all short people say. They say, I've shrunk. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I, I would consider myself <laughs> pretty average height. I'm, I'm, I'm average height, I would say. Uh, yeah. you know. All right, so seven is Portland, me. right? Seven is Portland. Right, Again, right. it starts to get a little predictable. I think Connor had said earlier in the NBA, it's, it's star-driven regardless. That said, I, lo- I love Dallas. Um, I think uh, Doncic gets better every year. Um, MVP caliber guy. I think he's, I think he's 22. Um the dude can play offense is completely centered around him. Um, but you have them at six. I got them at six. Okay. Um, it's kind of where they were at last year. Yeah. I think, I think they got kind of hot. They, they didn't really have the injury bug. Uh, poor Zingas, Nobody really knows what's going on there. Projected to be an all-star. He's, he, he had those ACL injuries in New York and that was tough. Um, five. This is maybe where I'm a little bit off, uh, according to the, the, the quote unquote experts, but I, I got the jazz. Uh, I think the okay. Jazz got a solid squad. Um, Rudy Gobert, I think, is overpaid. Love Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Nuggets drafted him. Again, that could be something we talk about later. But um, I think they're they're good, not great. Uh, I don't know if, if necessarily they have the pieces. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year last year. Um, really good player. Kind of that instant offense you need. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most experts have them much higher. I think they're like third. I think they're. I, I think they yeah. got them in top three. I, I'm uh, yeah. I, on my rankings that I have here, I have them two. Actually, yeah, exactly. I have them second, and they play well all year. And then what happens is you get these mismatches, a la Lakers, a la Suns, where you can just back them down, um, and you got shooters all around. But so, anyways, uh, Utah five, uh, and then I hate to do this, but got my Nugs fourth. A um, lot of I hate to say a lot, but the Jamal Murray injury. Uh, what are they saying? Yeah, that's, that's what are they saying all season? It looks looking well like until like uh, yeah until the last couple months. So I think I think the earliest would be like around April. Maybe mm. you know, and it's, it's also not just the issue of him coming back and 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 from injury. It's the chemistry issues getting integrated back with everything and and how the teams look in. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle Porter. He seems to always have some sort of small injury come up. You just maxed out a guy. Can he stay healthy? Can he make shots? You know, the goal needs to start to be limiting Jokic's minutes because as we've all seen, game four, game five of the first round of playoffs, the dude is gassed. He's completely gassed. So you got to figure out a way to keep him fresh going into the uh, the playoffs. So real quick, so let's Nugs pause four. there. So you have Nuggets four. I also have Nuggets four on my rankings as well. Connor, where would you rank the Nuggets power? Which real quick. Tyler just assumed I'd have them six last week. He just he just assumes I'm the negative Nancy here, yeah. who's just got them falling down well, the standings. Jeez, have some faith. No, I think I think last week I mentioned that I had them at three or four, and and I kind of waver on any particular day sure. that you ask me. And I guess today I'm going to go, you know, four sounds about right. So do we all right. have the Lakers ahead of the Nuggets? I do. Yes. I'm a little surprised by you, Soaps. I know you were very, know. very down on the moves the Lakers made this offseason. I know. So do they then fall in third, or do you have them up higher than that? So third, this is my team this year. This is my – I wouldn't even call them a dark horse, but this is uh, – I got Golden State. Um, I love Golden State this year. I don't see how Steph Curry doesn't have at least as good of a year through the first – I think three to four months. They're talking about Clay coming back in December. A uh, guy coming off an Achilles usually takes at least six to eight weeks to start kind of getting into his flow. 
basketball is such a rhythm game. Uh, it's one thing to, to run through the motions, but to you know, play 48, get back up and down. Again, let's not forget that Clay Thompson's. Uh, I, I believe, uh, I believe he was a first-team All Defense when he was kind of in his peak. But uh, to kind of get a two-way player back like that's going to be huge. And I love James Wiseman. I think he's so good. Um, I think he's 19. So you got to have a big guy like that to kind of take some pressure off. So, so you think the Warriors are back then, huh? I think they're back, back. I, I don't think the Warriors are ever coming back. I think that they hit their peak and the rest of the NBA has caught up to them in their style of play. Not to say they're not a very good team, but when you look at the the teams that you list, you know, Mavericks, Nuggets, you know, we always still have Lakers still to come, Suns still to come, Jazz up there. I mean, I have a hard time putting the Warriors really ahead of any of those guys. I put them six on mine. I have them ahead Ooh. of the Clippers. I have them ahead of the Trailblazers, but I have them behind the Mavericks, behind the Nuggets. I think if go ahead, Connor. I I I, I just tend to agree with you more on this one, Nick. I think Clay Thompson. You can't understate how important of a player he is to that team when he went down. I mean, he is he is their second best player on the team. I mean, he is he is. He is. I would even argue that he is more important than uh, Jamal Murray is to the Nuggets. I mean, he is absolutely incredible. I mean, in terms of of what he means to that team, and so I, I tend to agree with Nick. If they're all healthy, I like the Golden State Warriors for a real big bounce back season, and I, I could definitely see them. I'd, I'd probably put them about three two. Well, an, an underrated pickup, in my opinion, uh, Golden State. Um, they got rid of. Oh my God, and his his name's going to escape me. Um, uh, Kelly Oubre. They got rid of Kelly, Kelly Oubre and they picked up Otto Porter. I think that's an upgrade. Uh, Kelly Oubre really, really struggled last year out the gate. Otto Porter, you're not going to need as much offense this year from a guy like Oubre, whereas you need more of a two-way guy like Otto Porter. Um, I just think it's a slight upgrade. So You just I, wanted to find a way to bring in the names Oubre and Otto, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> um, number two, um, I got the LA Lakers. Okay, uh, they got They got, some would say, the borderline GOAT. Um, he's huge. You you it, you still cannot stop this man. There's obvious signs of decline. Uh, that's why they brought in Russ to take a lot of that pressure off. Um, a healthy AD is also borderline unstoppable. In addition, their pace of play in regards to like amount of possessions over the course of the game is set for playoff basketball. Right, you're not running and gunning in the season. You're not running and gunning in the playoffs, much like you are. Hence, if we circle back to why George Carl's teams always faltered, if you can't get half court sets and you can't figure out a way to get to the line, or you can't figure out a way to get a shot, you're going to struggle in the playoffs. That's just the reality. Do like the Lakers? <laughs> They're really old. We'll see how the okay. load management goes for them. Uh, and then number one, this is just my style. If you if you started last year at number one. Uh, you get to start the season at number one. I like the Phoenix Suns, the slowest playing team in the league. I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan. I don't really – I love his game. I don't really like how he plays in the sense of – well, well, they have that new rule this year where uh, allegedly all the uh, the kicks and the flops and the so leg twists and stuff. you're not into nut tapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I really like the Suns. Um, I think this is a big year. Chris Paul – um, and I, you know, again, I think Aiton's going to be really good. Um, and, and so I, I just really like how that team's assembled and they got a full year playing together. And, um, yeah, I mean, when you play that slow, you got to be on every offensive position. So that's what I got. I like your list. I think, uh, I generally agree. I, I'm really high on the Lakers this year. I think just like Nick said, I, I think AD and, and LeBron when healthy are two 
very clear cut top 10 players, if not higher than that in the NBA. I mean, even at the, even at his age, LeBron James is still a top 10 player in my mind when he's healthy. And so um, I, I love the, the Lakers to be finished high this year. I could see anywhere from, from three, four, five, and really six, all being really interchangeable. So, so on your list, I believe that was the Golden State Warriors, the Denver Nuggets, the uh, Utah Jazz, and the uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yep. I, b- I believe those four, I could see them finishing in any order uh, of three through six in my mind. Personally. So would you guys say in your mind that Lakers and Suns are in a category together? Or are the Suns clear-cut ahead of the Lakers? I would make the case that the Suns, Lakers... I would make a case that for my list, Suns, Lakers, Golden State, Nugs, and Utah are all contenders with no clear favorite. Again, I do. I, I believe that if, if Clay Thompson comes back and Otto Porter plays like he did in Washington, they're, they're going to be the blow-away number one seed, no doubt in my mind. But... Again, it's all about load management. How does Jamal Murray come back? Um, you know, it's really – I'll, I'll just be really curious to see. And, and I think, yeah, again, Devin Booker is also the X factor for the Suns too. How well does he play? Um, I, like I said, you got a lot of good players up there. So, And, and correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't do a whole lot this offseason. They really – they kept their core together, the, them being the Suns, kept their core together where the Lakers really rebuilt that roster – uh, over overnight, essentially, when when free agency began, you know that it's it's kind of going to be interesting to see how that plays out, right? Were the Suns that good that they were able to just maintain their roster and still be the best, or have the Lakers done enough? And truly, what it comes down to, I think we can all agree: can the Lakers stay healthy enough and be healthy at the right time to well, be successful? And yeah, Russell Westbrook's going to be huge this year for him. I mean, if he can produce when he's in, they're getting other guys, you know, time on the bench. That's what's going to be key for the Lakers. For for the Lakers, I absolutely agree. I think for the Phoenix Suns, one of their breakout players was Cameron Johnson. I think he shot like 43, 44% from the three-point line. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, again, super old. Um, I'm pulling up the uh, – the guy that they picked up, I think he's the only one that's like 20. I think it's Mikhail Bridges off the top of my okay. head that they picked up, uh, but I'm confirming that. But they picked up one kind of guy to, to kind of guard some of your faster, smaller players. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how they shake out and, and talk about load management, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I'm excited to get it going. The Nuggets started their game last night, uh, had their first preseason game last night. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., my self-professed Bay, was Absolutely amazing, MP Bay. Yeah, MP Bay. MP Bay. I uh, know he looked great. Uh, you know, honestly, I mean, I know Nick has brought it up on the show before. I am really excited to see what Bones Highland looks like if he can be a rotational piece this year as a rookie. Now, I understand that Love the that Nuggets name. haven't. The, Bones Highland, so right? Uh, I think it's what Nashon is that his actual Sean name? Bones. No. Sean, they call him Sean change Bones. It, change Bones. it on paper, so Bones, make it legal. But, but I know that traditionally speaking, Michael Malone has not been into playing rookies. But this guy might force his hand. I mean, he looks like a playmaker. He's, he was making tough shots in in the preseason game against NBA talent last night, making tough shots, playmaking, making plays for his teammates. Kind of seems like he's buying into the whole system. I would be curious to see. I want to watch and see. What role, if any, he has, and I'm curious to see what role Bull Bull may have this year. Yeah, on a side note to correct, it's Malink Monk that the Lakers yeah, got, and go. then to there go back, go. the last Avs championship, 2001. Nailed Ooh, it. Oh, nailed, nailed it. it. 
<laughs> yeah, coming in. There okay, I like that you, where you went with that with the Nuggets, and we'll kind of wrap up the show with that. So you said you're curious. What you want to see with the Nuggets this year is what kind of role the, the rookie Bones Highland and Bull Bull have on this team. Tyler, anything you're looking forward to uh, before we all get out of here? The, the looking forward to, you, it could be abs related, it could be Nuggets related. we got some new seasons coming up. What are you mm. looking forward to in our fall winter sports? You know what? I'm looking forward to baseball playoffs, actually. I know Ooh. the Rockies aren't in it. But I mean, it starts tonight. My man, you know how much Red I follow the MLB. Tonight. I didn't even know the playoffs started tonight. No way, no idea. Had no idea. Dude, it's Red Sox. Red Sox. Is it a play in game? Yeah, well, oh. wild card. It's a wild card game. So, yeah, I love the. I'm not a huge uh, 162 game season. Let's let's get excited about games in July, kind of guy, but. Uh, let's go. I'm excited for the postseason. And, and this fun. is this is such a great time of year, though, where you have MLB playoffs, you have obviously NBA, NHL starting, and now you're in the heart of football season. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, the only the time of year you get all four sports. It's Broncos going to be four and one this time next week. Okay, let's go. I love it. Okay, now, what do you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just had a question for for uh, uh, Connor over here because I know Connor's a big baseball fan, probably the biggest that I know. Do you know anyone who's you know maybe fi- it's fifty games in? And if the Rockies are 25 and 25, and, and do you know any fans who are like, oh, we're, we're four games back. Oh, we lost today. Four games, you know, five games back. Like tracking the standings. I, I, I know, oh, know mean, someone. Yeah. Connor Holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. So do you do this? Is yeah, this absolutely. If, don't if, you find that to be exhausting? Mm, I mean, it's just like, no. uh, does it not matter at all? What I find is that the last two weeks matter. It's just like a... Uh, it's just, it's well, okay, but so it's kind of like those guys, and I know we got to get mean, off did, this show, but, but it's kind of like those guys that say, uh, you ever heard those people that, that say like, well, I don't even really want to watch the first two quarters of a basketball game. I'm just going to watch the last quarter, right? And I disagree with that type of philosophy and that logic because it's the whole way to get there matters too. No, I and understand so, yeah, but, but, matters, but two but quarters of a less, game is, is half hour. I know. It's 50 my... baseball games is like 19 <laughs> days. <laughs> nah. No, I, I do that when the, when the Rockies are good, when, I mean, when they're when they're. Doesn't Add that it. mean? Doesn't it mean more towards the end of the game? Like you could argue that every. Of course it does. No. Sure. Okay. So okay, for that reason, this is a so whole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it is, but, but for that reason, I think that the last two weeks of the MLB season are incredibly exciting. I think right. so because of that. Because, because so because long, you put so much work, so into much it. work going through it, and then all of a sudden it's culmi- You know, it's it's culminated into this two weeks of intense. Sports for two. I, I just think it's fun. But yes, I do yeah, do that. Sorry about that. I'm yep, excited for go. playoffs. But yeah, I'm excited just, too. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. good. Okay. Soaps, what are you excited about? I'm excited for a Broncos win. Broncos I think we're going to come back. We can't possibly. It's again, we, we, we didn't. We, I just expect us to play better. You know what I mean? Just coach better, block better. Be, it, it, for Sertan, he can't, he, he couldn't have possibly played any worse. So I'm excited to see how we play against the Steelers, who you, Jared, think are an underrated team so i'll be curious to reconvene next week say so one of them to do their job <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah, i'm right. excited to watch a lot of guys in colorado that just got paid big i'm talking avalanche got a couple of guys there you got a couple of guys with the nuggets that just signed big contracts yeah. the teams have shown you the front office have shown you we are doing everything we can to win a championship i want to see that reflected on their play on the field or on the ice antonio sensatella cj cron hey yeah. we're gonna get there next week <laughs> no i do want to talk about that i actually intended to get there today but we've just run so long. so long so we'll talk about that antonio sensatella gets paid not maybe the uh 
you know, the, the pitcher that I thought was going to get the contract right there. But we'll talk about that, what that means for the or the, the Rockies, maybe what message that's being sent to the fans, to the, the rest of the team, other players up for contract. So, so, so let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Tyler, thank you again for joining hey, us. Thanks, guys. So good to have the whole crew back in here. Again, you guys, if you haven't already, please go follow us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports 1. For Connor, Tyler, Nick, I'm Jared. We'll see you guys next week.